What's going on, guys? This episode, I'm bringing you one of my closest friends. It is Manolo Husky. Uh, we're going to start it off with where they can find you. We're not even going to end with start it off. All right. So uh, just first off, thanks for having me. Oh, what, what's the name of this shit again? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, big up, yeah, go big up yourself first. Fuck Man. where I'm at. <laughs> street sheet, bro. Street Come sheet on. podcast. Street sheet. Street sheet. Street sheet. Uh, but yeah, thanks again for having me on the show, Joel. Um, yeah, so my name is Manolo Husky. You can find me on Instagram at GodBodyHusky underscore between GodBody and Husky dot AI. That's a lot, but it'll be in the description. Uh, <laughs> let's see what else. Twitter, I'm at, at Hotep Husky, Hotep underscore Husky. And then Facebook is just Manolo Husky, Manolo, not Manolo, M-A-N-O-L-O. I've had people say Manolo. It's hilarious. It's weird. Really? Yeah, where it's, it's whatever, like Barry Manilow. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. I was like, where did that come from? Yeah, and then let's see, uh, YouTube page is still being built and videos are being made. And then what else is there? Spotify, Manolo Husky. That's going to be fun. Stay tuned for that, but that's on the uh, the Hush Hush for now. But yeah. <laughs> Yo, where, where did you come up with the names for your, all your Instagrams? So, okay, we're going to start there. So first off, where the Husky name comes from, I think it was when I was school clothes shopping. You know, cookies in Brooklyn? Yes. So, like, like the cookies, like, uniform department that has all the uniforms for some reason in all the public schools. For some so, reason, I have no idea why. I don't know how, but I went there in, like, third grade. Before third grade, I put on mad weight between second and third grade. And I think it was just, like, stress eating and shit. I was just mad fat. And then I remember my parents were like, yeah, like, you got to go to the Husky section now. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like... <laughs> You know, like, you know what I mean? Like the husky section for like husky little boys and shit. And I know exactly what you're talking about. I was in that section too, man. Bro, yeah. And I was wearing like a size 40 when I was like eight. And I was like, damn, this sucks. And I was like crying when I was trying the pants on and shit. And I was like, yo, this is trash. But then I was like, fuck it. Like, I am husky. Fuck off. Like, what up? So then I'm just using that part of my childhood as like a strength. It's not a weakness anymore. So I guess it's like taking what used to limit me. And what I used to see as a weakness is just strength because it's a dope-ass fucking like, state. Like, it's a great fucking name, yes. Manolo Husky. Yeah. And then I, Manolo, I think, is from one of my uncles. But Manolo is just, like, a super Dominican way of saying Manuel, which is, like, my real name and shit. But I'm probably going to pull a Frank Ocean and change my name to Manolo at some point. Just Manolo? Maybe. I don't know. But Or maybe, like, the middle name is, like, Manuel Manolo. Bleep out my last name because we're not about to put my last name out there. <laughs> I'm kidding, no, but no, nah, it's just like, I don't know. I want to put Manolo in my name just because I like how it sounds. And you can legally do that because you can do whatever you want. Just pay your taxes and don't kill people. Big facts. Big facts. <laughs> big, 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 big facts. But yeah, that's where the, the name comes from. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think I might have a couple name Manolo. I'm not too sure on that. I'll get back to you on that on the, the follow up five years from now. <laughs> facts. No, you, you already know, man. All right. Yeah. Yo, so let's start it from the beginning, like growing up. Yeah, how yeah. was it growing up, man? And where did you grow up? All right. So I am from born and bra- born and raised in Brooklyn. So I, I first, when I was conscious, it was technically Brownsville. So I was like two or three. I remember living in Brownsville, right on, I think it was like 96th Street, like East 96th Street by Sutter Ave, Rutland Road, like in that area, by like okay. the 3-4 train. And I remember living there and just sitting at home, just watching Power Rangers and shit all day. My sisters would go to school right down the street. Shout out to PS189. They, we all went there. It was Lincoln Terrace, PS189. And we all went there from like kindergarten to eighth grade. And I remember my two older sisters were like cool and shit. My other older sister was cool. And my dad and me would just like watch movies and shit. I just remember watching movies a lot with them. But then it was never, I never hit me that we were just poor as fuck until like we got a really nice house. And then we moved from the house. We were there for less than four years, maybe. Because then I remember we got there maybe when I was four. Because I remember my fifth birthday was there. So growing up, it was like, all right, I we didn't have much, but what we did had, we like had a lot of it. So it was kind of like we didn't have money, so we just made the most out of everything. And then we had a really nice like three story house in Bed Stuy. And then I think my sisters used to be like, oh snap, like Buckwild lived across the street, and I was like, who the fuck is that? Like I'm like six years old, like I don't know who that is. And now I like, oh wow, like he's one of the like this was when him and Star had like Star and Buckwild on Hot ninety seven, like oh it was so like a big it's peak yeah, and I was like, oh we made it like we have a nice house we live across the street from Buckwild. like he always used to like ride bikes and shit with like the dude like homies in the neighborhood and shit it was so dope and then i remember one of my earliest memories of that neighborhood was when 
we jumped some kid, me and my friends. And like, and then I just remember like I was like five, and like all my other friends were like 11, 12, and we just jumped this one kid just because we didn't fuck with him. And like he wasn't from the hood, like the neighborhood. And then I remember like the kid like sniffed and told my parents about it. Like it was like a cookout. And then it was like fourth, it was around fourth of July. And I was just my dad just looked at me. He didn't even say anything. And I was like, oh, I fucked up. Like, <laughs> and then that was one of the things where I was like, damn, like. I can make my own choices and I chose to still be with like this weird, like hive mind where it's like, Oh, we're just going to beat up this kid. Cause we don't like him. And no one thought to be like, yo, like maybe we should just talk to him. Maybe he might be cool. Like, why do we just want to like fuck this kid up for no reason? Right. It's wild. But like, that was like one of the instances where I kind of like realized like, yo, like a lot of people can't think for themselves or like choose not to. And like, we can get on that later on, but like, Early on, like, my parents were, like, working hard as fuck. They used to work in, like, this plastic injection molding factory. My dad, like, everybody loved him there. My mom, everybody loved her. And then it was like, all right, that's fun. But then it's like, one of you guys are always working and the other one isn't. And then it's like, how do you raise four kids between working? And then it was, like, rough. And then it was like, my older sisters were, like, basically, like, barely getting through high school. And then it was like, wow, like, everything is falling apart around me. I'm going to talk to my toys because they're the only normal things happening to me and i would watch my shows i would watch my tv and then we lost cable because being poor sucks and then it was kind of like fuck like what the fuck am i supposed to do all day and i used to read and i was like yo reading's starting to get trash let me just watch all these bootleg dvd movies so we had too fast too furious we had the italian job we had just weird ass 2007 2008 movies or maybe before that and then at one point we had to move and then I was like, all right, that's fine. And then we literally just moved down the street, still in bedside on Ralph Avenue. It was Ralph and Herkimer, Herkimer. And that was fun. But then it was like, my parents barely let me hang out with kids in the neighborhood. Cause one of them in my old like neighborhood choked me out. Cause I would like try to play a prank on him, like pretending to fart on him when he was like in his feelings in his <laughs> bag or some shit. And my parents were like, yo, you guys are fucking wild you can't hang out with my son so i couldn't even hang out outside i can only ride my bike down the corner and back up past the street it was bullshit and then it was like all right i get it like every choice my parents made it was for the betterment of me like i understood that so it's kind of like all right my parents are always busy working so then it's i have to make my own fun it's not like me waiting for my parents and shit there was one day i remember like my sisters just left and i was freaking out because it's like what the fuck am i gonna do all day and then i was like oh i have mad toys and shit like i should probably stop crying and just play with that shit and then my dad had a keyboard and i was like oh i should just fuck around with this shit and then i used to fuck around on the keyboard and my oldest sister shout out to lulu she taught me how to play mary had a little lamb and i was like just fucking up and i was like just figuring out shit and i was like oh shit twinkle twinkle little star so when i was like five or six i just used to fuck around on my dad's like electric keyboard and he wouldn't get mad he'd be like yeah go ahead and then i guess you could technically say i used to make beats since i was five technically because i used to like play on the drum shits and all the sound settings and all that shit. But like, Sounds it was like never your like, first taste of music. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And then my dad, like on the weekends, it was, he would get in his bag, bro. He would be bumping like Grupo Nietzsche, fucking Luis Ramos, all like these old acts and like Dominican, like Hispanics, like are basically essentially like Latin R and B all the time, like full volume. He had the craziest like setup. He used to like, I used to go to Sam Ash with him and like just buy shit and just watch him like be like, holding the things up above his head. And he's like, if it's heavy, that means it's worth buying. If it's not heavy, it's going to die on you within two to three years. I was like, that's a fact. And then I was like, I'm six years old. I don't understand anything that, what, of what that means. But now I understand what the fuck he's talking about. Because like, there's so much shit that I buy now that just breaks. I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, why is everything so shittily made now? That's again, we could talk about that later. But point is, I've always grown up in Brooklyn. And then, so bed was there, big house. And then within three years, small apartment, but I had my own room and it was the long storage room because I wasn't trying to share a room with my three older fucking sisters because <laughs> I tried it, did not like it. They were, it was horrible. That was like, a, that was just so toxic. I could not do it. <laughs> and my parents had like the master room and it was like, all right, I'm gonna just chill in my little nook, play my Game Boy, read my books, eat my little sassy chunk sandwiches and shit. And then I guess technically that's when I started to like stress eat and shit because I was like, all right, things are getting, happening. they were happening like at such a fast pace where it's like we were barely there so we moved there probably my fourth grade and third and fourth grade and then by before i was in fifth grade we moved a third time to crown heights and so within the span of like from kindergarten to fifth grade i had lived in three different places in brooklyn and like looking at it now like it's not a lot but like for like a kid that young it's like why the fuck do we keep moving and then it's like oh we're just poor we can't afford these places i get it 
And then you kind of just keep doing shit. But then it's like in hindsight, like raising four kids is fucking like that's a lot of money. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's clothes every four fucking kid. year. That's four insane. kids. Yeah. It's and then it's like we always had Jordans and shit. So it was like fuck. Like kind of wish we saved some of that money, but here we are. And then so we moved to Crown Heights, one bedroom apartment, six of us. My sister gets pregnant. My other sister is like pawning the family jewelry for money and not telling anybody about it. It's like my Damn. third oldest sister is trying to go to college, but we can't afford it. And she wanted to go to school in Virginia. And then my parents were just like, all right, we need a break. We need to go to DR. Your mom's getting sick. My mom started getting sick. And then let's see what else. I started this program to help me get into private school so I could like better myself. And then all this shit is happening. And then I'm just kind of like, I'm doing well in school because it's all I'm focusing on. And then I want to say fifth grade was the first time I actually just sat with an album because I didn't feel like dealing with anything else. And it was graduation. And I just sat there and just listened to it over and over and over and over and over. And I was like, damn, Kanye West is the GOAT. And I fuck with it. So I just like literally just broke down every single part of that album until there was nothing left to understand. Like I read all the lyrics, I understood them, the beats, the features. And then it was like, all right, what else can I do that to? And then I figured out a way to plug in my PS2 to play Budokai 3. Remember Dragon Ball Z, the Budokai games? Those are my shit. So I had the third one. I had the third one. And then you remember Music Choice? Like those channels? Yes, I remember channels, yeah. So I don't know how I figured it out, but I was like, yo, I can play Dragon Ball Z on my PS2. And if I leave the white and the red audio cables in from the DirecTV box, I can still listen to rap music and play my video games. So I would just do that for hours hours time and out. then it was just like i'm out yeah <laughs> please tell me again how you did that so you know how remember the old so before hdmi remember the yellow the white and the red yes. white is always left red is always right yeah i don't know how i figured it out but at the age of like nine or ten years old i just put two and two together i was like oh i can still listen to the songs on the music choice stations r&b hip-hop whichever station i chose and play video games i'm lit and like this was before like streaming was a thing, downloading music was illegal. So I wasn't about like my sisters did it, but like I'm not about to fuck like what am I gonna play it off of? I don't have an MP3 player. Cause this is before iPhones, this is before the iPod like okay, we didn't have iPod money, but the iPod was a thing. And it was just like that was one of the first times where like I had to like troubleshoot how can I listen to something that I love and still fuck with video games at the same time. It's weird, but like I just figured it out and it worked out. That's insane how you figured that out. I've never even thought about doing that. And it was weird because like it wasn't a big deal because I was like, oh, I'm just listening to music and playing video games. And I think that's why my dad was like, oh, you're getting it. Like, I'm only letting you play video games this long because you're listening to music and you figured out how to do both. So it was kind of like a situation where like my parents let me kind of get away with whatever I wanted to do as long as it was something positive and I wasn't fucking up. So it was kind of like, all right. Because I remember in fourth grade, I got like perfect fours on like the math and the English state test, but also like I only did so well because I was so stressed out. I only studied like I wasn't doing anything else. It was bad. But then it was like, all right, well, I figured out how to do this. What else? Like it was like one of those things where like that was the first moment in my life where I felt like I figured out how to do this on my own. What else can I figure out to do on my own? Question mark. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And then that's kind of that. And then. So, boom, I'm living in Crown Heights. Again, one bedroom for six, technically seven people that, now that my sister had a kid. Had the kid. That's insane to me. Yeah, and my mom lost her sight, and she was working still when she was getting sick because she had, I forgot which type of diabetes she had. But So she passed away in 2018, and she, I think it was type 2, she was diagnosed around 2007, 2008, and then she started, her vision started to go, kidneys started to go bad. We had like the hospital bed for her and stuff. And then it was kind of like, dude, like this is trash. Maybe I should leave. Because at first I wanted to run away. And my plan when I was 12 years old, there was this TV show on, I forgot what the channel was, but it was called Camp Woodward. And it was just a Yo, skate camp. You just, that you remember show that show? was insane. Hell yeah. That show was my Camp Woodward. Shit. Yeah. And then like my dream was literally, all right, I'm going to get a skateboard for my 12th birthday. I'm going to learn how to skate as well as I can. And then I'm going to, Pack up a bag, get all the money I <laughs> yeah. saved, get on a get on a bus and go to Los Angeles and just join a skate team. That was my goal. Like that was <laughs> my plan. I didn't tell anyone about this. And then was like, why the like why the fuck are you wearing skinny jeans and like vans? Like, why do you want to skate? And I was like, don't worry about it. Like, chill. <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> like you're making it mad, like hot. And so <laughs> that was my plan. And then it was funny because that year my dad bought me a trumpet. And I was like, first off, didn't ask for this. Second off, how much did this cost? Third, 
who is going to teach me how to play trumpet? And he was like, oh, me. I know how to play. And I was like, so you know how to play guitar, piano, trumpet, drum? Like, what the fuck can't you play, dad? Like, shout out, first off, shout out my poppy, because he's literally a virtuoso and he can play any instrument. Don't know how or when he taught himself all of that or when he learned, but like, he legitimately is one of the smartest men I've ever grown up seeing and learning from. So like, he bought me this trumpet. Clearly I'm 12 year old angsty as fuck wearing skinny jeans and shit and like graphic t-shirts. Like I go to Hot Topic and shit. I'm trying to be this weird skater boy. And it's like, I'm fucking trash. I can't even, I don't even understand the simple mechanics of how to like do an ollie. Like I don't understand how to move my feet. Then I start skating with people from Crown Heights some of the rowdiest little motherfucking kids I out with because that shit was wild. It was like breaking in the fucking playgrounds and shit, skating around in the playground. Like it was a vibe. But I will say the most I learned about hanging out with those kids, it was like, yo, like a lot of these kids just want to be free. Like they just want to be able to get wherever they want to and shit. And that's that. And then I want to know. What I would say that I learned the most about that time when I really thought I was going to be a skateboarder is that like, I was trash. Like, it's okay to not be good at something and it's okay to fail and it's okay to learn that and then move the fuck on or work until you're good at it. I got my pop shove. It was nice. I only ever knew how to do that. And I could like ride and cruise confidently like in the street and shit. But then I never even understood how to ollie. So I was like, all right, I need to stop before. Like, I just waste everything. Yeah, I'm going to tell you straight up. All I knew how to do was ollie. I didn't know how to do anything else when I was skateboarding. And then I just quit. I was like, I can't do nothing but ollie and cruise. And I can't do nothing. It got, yo, I cheated the system, though, because for some reason, I got sponsored by a team. And all I knew how to do was ollie. They never met me. How did you... (laughs) Yeah, I played the system, bro. They sent me stickers. They sent me a water bottle. They were going to send me a skateboard, but they wanted me to send in a video. I said, ah, oh, no, nah, I can't do that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That's, but like, that was the thing. It was like, that was like, so the same thing with like learning how to like play music and play video games at the same time before there was Spotify or anything like that. I learned that it's okay to fail because that's just, you just learn something else about yourself. And what I learned is I'm fucking trash at skateboarding and that's okay. Facts. I feel you and on so, that. So that same summer, 12 years old. I applied to be in this program called Prep 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 Nine. Got in. Weird a lot, a lot of testing, but essentially it's like they you if you do well enough in like inner city schools and like the ghetto schools, basically, you can go to this intensive 14-month program, do it, and then at the end of it, you'll you would have had to apply to like a private school, get into the private school, finish in public school, and finish their program. So essentially it felt like I was going to two schools at once. And that shit was not the wave. And a part of me, low key, was trying to fail out, but they just refused to let me fail out. For <laughs> they were just like, Yo, Manny, like apply yourself. Like, why don't you want to do this? And I was like, I don't want. Like, this is tra- Like, this is bro. I had to read Great Expectations, Canterbury Tales. I had to read so many like thick ass books. I had to do algebra two. I had to do biology. I had to do a history course. It was like, bro, like, and I had to do public school, and I had to do like the standard, like the specialized high school test. And I had to do like the high school equivalent to the SAT, which is the SSAT. And then you wallet. <laughs> mind you, my mom is sick. My sister has a baby, six niggas in one, one bedroom apartment, stressed out as fuck. And then I just stopped eating and walking home from school because I got robbed and I didn't want to get robbed again in the train station. And then I got robbed the day before Obama was elected president, like won the election in 2008 in eighth grade. And then what else happens? Oh, that same day I had to take the goddamn SSATs. So remember, all of this is happening. I'm stressed out of shit. And I got robbed for my Yeah. Yeah, that's and then I and then I got robbed for my sidekick that same week. And I was like, yo, fuck God, bro. Like God is really just shitting on me, right? Like, why is he making me do this? (laughs) They took your sidekick? It was the sidekick XL. Well, the screen was cracked and I needed to get a new one anyway, but it was like, bro, like they really caught me slipping. It's the principle. It's the principle. But then also it's like, bro, like this grown ass man who's like six feet, like 200 and something pounds, choked me out on the staircase in the subway. Like, bro, I'm 13. All you had to do was just say, run your shit. Like, what am I going to do? Like, why did you have to choke me out for my phone? I'm not going to defend myself. Like, you are a grown ass man. What am I going to do? Clearly, I don't have a gun because I I'm coming from school. Like it was nuts. And then like his homie like snaked around, went in my pocket, took my phone. I was like, in my head at first, I was like, damn, like I'm tight. They took my phone. Like I'm crying. My friend saw me in the subway. Like, yo, like you good? And I was like, I don't know what to do. He's like, you should call the cops so you can 
report it and get a new one. I was like, thanks. And then I was like, damn, does that make me a snitch? And I was like, fuck. And then what else happens? And then it's like, a thought popped in my head or like this voice. It was like, hey, at least they didn't take my fucking wallet that had my green bus, like my green Metro card for school and my money. And I was like, true. Okay. And then I was like, oh, so you have insurance so you can get a replacement phone. I was like, true. Okay. And then it's kind of like, all right, I got robbed. So that was that. Always taking the positive out of things. And that's the thing. It's like, if you don't do that, you're literally choosing to be upset. You know what I mean? Like, why would I want, like, first off, outrage culture is fucking bullshit. And second off, why would I choose to be upset if it's me choosing? Right? Like, why do you want to be mad? Right? Like, who wants to be mad? Think about uh, that. Yeah, we don't have that. And then that's just like the type of energy I've realized I've always had. And it's kind of like, all right, my phone got robbed. What else? My mom is blind as shit. Like, what else? Like, cool. I'm still alive. I get to wake up. And exactly. so there's that. Somehow I made it through. Also, this is at the same time I'm taking trumpet lessons at school. So from fourth grade, I'm learning how to play the trumpet and learning how to like read music and shit. And my music teacher, it was on ba- I was on the school, middle school band. I was nice. I was the only trumpet. So then I was like, damn, I'm the only trumpet. That means I have to work twice as hard because I only had three buttons. And I was like, oh, that's mad easy. You only got three buttons. I was like, first off, fuck you. Second off, you all chose clarinet because you couldn't think of any <laughs> other instrument. And then it was like, I'm going to show you why I chose trumpet. And I got so nice. Every piece I did was the first trumpet piece. Like, that's how good I got. Like, I wasn't doing the second trumpet. No, I was the lead trumpet because I had to be because I was the only trumpet player. So I was kind of like, I was in my bag every time we performed because I was like, you hear that noise? That's me. Not these <laughs> dumbass little clarinet motherfuckers. Like, I'm the shit because I know my shit. So it's kind of like I was in my bag and then I was like, my parents are proud of me because I'm working hard. I'm proud of me because I'm working hard. But then it's like, I'm still stressed to sit. Mind you, I'm still not eating and I lose a lot of weight. And then I'm just like, yo, like, am I anorexic? Because I started walking home from school and it took me like an hour and a half to get home and my parents were okay with it. My mom was like, you shouldn't do that. But as long as you have a friend, it's okay. But then I'm like, all right. And my dad is like, you're losing weight. Good for you. But it's like, yo, bro, like if I was my sister's, it would be a huge problem because I just lost like 50 pounds in four months. Like that's unhealthy. Yeah. That's very unhealthy. I got super slim. And then it was kind of like, everyone's like, oh, that's fine. You're just like much, like you're just growing into like your young male body. It's like, nope. If I were a girl, I, this is an eating. Nope. This is like, this is, this is serious. Whether I'm a girl or a guy, That's I had an eating disorder. They tell you cause you're growing. Oh, when you grow taller, you slim out. And I was like, nope, I just wasn't eating because I didn't have time to eat. And also I was saving money and I wasn't buying snacks, but then also it's like, I'm not eating at home. Cause I'm always studying and doing work for prep and prep and studying for the specialized high school test. And I have to do regular schoolwork. And some of my teachers wanted me to take the regents test. So it's like, I'm constantly busy. And I liked it, but then it was kind of like, bro, like I'm literally slimming before my eyes. And I was like, cool. And then I was like, all right, that's bad. And then I was like, all this other shit got involved. And it's kind of like, all right, porn is a thing now because I'm young and I'm obsessed with naked people, naked (laughs) girls specifically. And it's like, all right, well, that's distracting. So then it's like, all these things are just distractions, distractions, distractions. And then I'm losing weight. And then it's like, I blink. And then it's the end of the summer, and it's like, I did a talent show for Prep for Prep once. I think I did it twice, maybe. And then it was like, I had a girlfriend, lost her, just because like everyone in our program was like, you should study. I met her through the program, and it was like, did she even ever really like me? Because she literally like was like hooking up with my homeboy right before she started dating me, and was hooking up with him afterwards. And it's like one of those things where like, none of this shit fucking matters, because I didn't even remember any of it until just now. You know what I mean? So it's like... Yeah. I kind of got through that and then I could keep going, but then it's like, so I did that. And then what happens after then is like the only school that would accept me was the school in Upper East Side of Manhattan, 98th Street, St. Bernard's, all boys school, went up to ninth grade, super British feel, but it, first <laughs> off, they pronounced it St. Bernard, St. Bernard's. <laughs> and I was just like, all right, first off, you're doing a lot. And then I was like, second off, this is a pretty good school, so I'll take it. And then when I was visiting, they were like, oh, your birthday, because I was born July 11th, 1995. They're like, you missed the June 30th cutoff, so you have to repeat eighth grade. And I was like, <laughs> so you mean to tell me I did all this fucking work just to repeat eighth grade again? <laughs> and then I wasn't even mad. I was like, this is so funny. Like, of course I have to repeat eighth grade after doing all of this work, right? Like, and I was like, God, you a funny motherfucker. Like, all right, cool, whatever. <laughs> and then I went to like this wild ass like atheist phase because I was like, all right. If there was a God, why is he or they or she making me do all of this wild shit? And then I'm constantly having to like meet this weird standard. 
And then I kind of just like, all right, fuck God, I'm going to do what I want. And then the voice in my head was like, Manny, you just got a second chance to do whatever you want. You got to redo eighth grade and do whatever you want. Best believe I didn't do shit and I passed. <laughs> I barely got through every class. I got a C in every class, C and Bs, get degrees. Fuck whoever told you otherwise. And then the voice in my head switched from just work through it to just get by. And it was kind of like, fuck, like. I got super complacent. I wasn't even trying. I stopped playing music. I started drinking at like 15. I used to drink like four locos and shit. And it was bad. I used Yo, to like black out. Yeah, it was. And that was yeah. when that shit just tasted like chemicals. Was well, this was before they took out most of the the and like the uh, the taurine or whatever it is, like the the thing that makes it taste like Red Bull because so you wouldn't taste the alcohol. I would just knock them back because I loved Yo. Red Bull. <laughs> I just wasn't living right. And then at one point in ninth grade, I was like, Manny, you have a drinking problem, but it's okay. And then it's like, Manny, you're barely getting by in school, but that's okay. And it was kind of like I was enabling this weird feedback loop of do something not good. It's okay because you're learning. Do something not I was like allowing myself to keep fucking up and learning. But then it's like, what's the point of fucking up if I'm not becoming a better person? I was fucking up and staying the same or in most cases becoming a worse version of myself. And I was just like, this is no way to live. I need to go away to school and I just need to be away from all of this shit. My sister moved out. She got, she went to a shelter. I think both my two older sisters at this point got their GEDs. Oh yeah, they didn't finish high school on time. Whoop-de-doo, whatever, life goes on. They got their GEDs. I'm proud of them for it. And they like worked their asses off, but they like, it just felt like they kept playing catch up. And then I saw that and I was like, oh, I'll be fine as long as I fuck up. I just have to not fuck up and have a kid or not fuck up and steal from my family and try to pawn the jewelry. Like, I just have to fuck up responsibly and fail up. But I just was doing, I was down bad. I was not even failing up. I was just not trying. It's fucked. And then we go to India in ninth grade for the like our ninth grade trip and didn't even have to pay for anything. But then they were like, oh, you should have, like, you should try to get like, the malaria medicine. I'm like, first off, well, who health insurance? And second off, y'all trying to get me this medicine? <laughs> I was like, and the third, I was like, why are we going to a place that we need malaria medicine? Why can't we just go to like fucking, I don't know, Utah or some shit and work on a farm? Like, why the fuck we got to go all the way to India? Long story short, that was a huge eye opener because I used to think my life was bad in this one bedroom apartment with six niggas in it. Like all of our shit is in bags in the back. Like there's no place for wardrobes. Like we barely have space for our la- computer. Bro, like, there's little, like, people shit outside in India and wipe their ass with their hand. Like, that's normal. There's trash everywhere. It smells horrible. Beautiful place in the most beautiful places. But for the most part, India is not okay. And that's when it really, like, hit me, like, yo, like, my life could be way worse. Like, you know what I mean? And it was kind of like, I got humbled dumb fast as soon as I got off that fucking plane. I was like, damn, like, this shit smells crazy. (laughs) And then it was like... Some people need that. Some people need to see that perspective and be like, wow, my situation isn't as bad as I think. Like, it's still a bad situation, yeah. but it could be But it's not worse. the worst. Yes. And it's like one of those things where it's like, I only got to experience this because I worked hard and got to where I was at 15. Slight drinking problem. But then it's like, damn, like, I could always be worse. And then it's like one of those things that kept playing in my mind. I was like, all right, let me at least try again like I used to. And then... I did well enough in school. I didn't get any awards and shit because I didn't give a fuck about it until like high school. And even then I barely got awards for that. But then it was like, I should at least try to go to the school that I think is going to be the best environment for me. And then I heard about the school called West Town. The recruiter came to my high school or yeah, my technically high school because it went up to ninth grade. And then his name is Gavin. Shout out to Gavin. I don't think he worked at the school, but like West Town was the place where I truly did. I think I think I found my voice there. And it was just to the point where like, he sold me on the school and then we spoke for another 45 minutes just about rap music we liked. It was just one of those things where like I just got to know him. I was like, all right, you're a cool dude. Applied to the school, didn't even visit. And then they're like, didn't even visit. I just applied. Only school I applied to. Didn't even bother. I, I visited other boarding schools, but it was like, there's no point. Like, I know this is the place for me without even visiting it. And I'm so glad I did because it was like the middle, middle of nowhere, West Central Pennsylvania, Quaker school sleep away boarding school it was like first off it was nothing like zoe one-on-one because zoe one-on-one is fucking trash and it's not it's not it's not as good of a show as we remember it was it's very boring second off it's probably like i'm so glad that i found that place because had i not found that place who knows where the fuck i would be right now but it was just one of those places where like 
you were celebrated as an individual, if that makes sense. Like it wasn't like a public school where like everybody had to learn at the same pace or everybody had to learn the same thing. You made your schedule with your advisor. Granted, there's like certain levels of math, but you didn't have to all, like no one, not everyone had to do pre-calc. You could do like the different math route, which is what I did because I had to take geometry twice because I almost failed it the first time at St. Bernard's, right? So I took it again, 10th grade. And then I was like, all right, this school doesn't want me to meet a standard. I have to just be willing to experience different things, if that makes sense. And then it was just, and then it was just another one of those like humbling moments where it's like, you could think you're hot shit just because you play trumpet, but like there's kids here who are classically trained in guitar and bass and will fucking play circles around you trying to keep up with them. And I was like, I'm good. I'm gonna just pretend like I know how to play the drums and we could jam out, which is what I did. And then it was like, for my art, I didn't even do music. I did photo. So here I am doing photo, but then around eighth and ninth grade, my homeboy, Josh, shout out to Josh, he put me onto this website called Audio Tool that was literally just Pro Tools, Ableton, and a website. So I didn't even need to have the software. It was all free. And I literally spent, I want to say I spent, I think I definitely spent at least a couple thousands of hours just messing around in it, just learning how to like do phasers, chorus, flanger, effects, how to build beat machines, how to put in the sound sequencing, sampling. And then it taught me so much. And then like GarageBand, I was fucking around with and learning how to do melodies within GarageBand. So it was a weird that like every time I felt at solace or peace within myself, it was always music. It was always music related. So like West Sound, I credit to that a lot. But then I got to save some stuff for the part two of the interview because this is a lot <laughs> of information. But like shitty kind of childhood but i still look past it middle school was kind of trash still look past it high school was getting better and it was where i was truly at peace so high school was like like the peak high school it wasn't like a peak it was a plateau if that makes sense because it wasn't bad but it it felt like i truly was like on a journey where i was just trying to discover who manny was i let my hair grow out i still let my hair grow out i was playing different instruments and just playing them just because i could I took photography for three years straight and I loved it. Tried woodshop, could not understand it, dropped it, went back to photography, found my girlfriend that I'm still with, dating, dated some other girls, wrestled. And it's like just one of those things where it's like, I just found out how to be on my own at the age of 16. But then also I always was waiting for the phone call of like, oh, your mom is dead. So every day, at least twice or three times, usually right before I went to bed, I was like, all right, be ready for the call because it might happen. And then it was like, this is one of those things. But like, I guess we could pause there if you like for high school. So like, that's that's my humble beginnings of alcoholism and trying was, too hard. That was the start of it all. <laughs> yeah. That's when I was like, all right, well, I should probably just work on music if I don't want to fuck up and get kicked out of the school. But then I failed a drug test sophomore year because I started smoking weed. And it was like, here I was again. It was like, oh, man, you rascalian, you rascal, you Dennis the Menace ass motherfucker. Like this dumbass nigga, like you have every opportunity in life and you somehow always fuck it up. But you know what? You always become a better person after you fuck up. And that's, and that's all you can ask. Yeah. So we'll go. Let's go back a little bit that you said that you met the advisor. <laughs> you started talking about music and your favorite rappers. So when was the first time you started listening to rap? Like, what do you remember the first artist or the first song that you ever no, heard? All right, no cap. The first artist and genre of music I actually got into was dancehall. Okay. okay. So what? So my sisters were cool with like a lot of like older, cooler guys, and then they would always like find vendors for music and shit to like bootleg albums for them, and they would always get these like dope ass mixtapes of just it'll be the same rhythm for like 20 songs, and it'll be Elephant Man, Sean Paul, Beanie Man, TLK, Lady Saw, Buju, Vibes Cartel, maybe not Buju, Vibes Cartel, all these, Movado, all these, maybe, yeah, maybe Movado later on, but like just all these fire-ass reggae dancehall artists all rapping, singing on the same beat for 20 songs straight. Bro, it was such a vibe. It was was crazy. And that was like your first taste of like, oh, this is the music I like. This is and my was, kind of no, music. But like, that was the thing. My dad used to play classical music on the way to school. And I used to fuck with that. I was like, yo, this shit sounds crazy. What the fuck? And then I remember we started talking about rap music in fourth grade once. And I was like, oh, yeah, like, I like 50 Cent's newest stuff. And they were like, Manny, like, 
you listen to rap? Like, we thought you only listened to, like, classicals. No, what the fuck? Like, legitimately, I like to listen to everything. Bro, when I was skateboarding, I went through a crazy system of a dance, like, phase. Oh, man. Chapsuwe was my shit, bro. Wake up! That was my jam, bro. And then that's when it, like, it hit me at West Town where, like, there's no such thing as bad music because it's all subjective. Either you like it or you don't. But music is just music. You know what I mean? Like, it's art. Like, you can't tell someone they're bad at making art. They might technically be bad or not have enough training. But, like, there's no such thing, at least to me, as a bad song. There are songs that could have been worked on. But, like, if you're willing to share that with the world, I think you reach the point where it's done. So I'm going to assume that it's done, and I'm not going to expect more from it. Because why would I expect more from you? And I don't even know you like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's weird because like not to get so not to get too far off from like who I started to listen to, but like just to end this quick point, I've already had people like hit me up like yo like keep making this type of song. I fuck with this vibe, and it's like bro, when you make a sixteen, when you write, when you make a song that's better than my songs, I'll listen to you. But let me provide the vibe I want to provide, and you just dance, you just chill. You know what I mean? Because then it's like, who am I to like listen to somebody who doesn't even make music? And I know I make good music, but then it's like one of those things because it's like I genuinely just literally I'm obsessed with loving music. You know what I mean? So it's like the first real genre I fell in love with was dancehall reggae because it was just so chaotic, but it was like making order out of chaos, if that makes sense. Because it was like, it was just like, it's just so much noise and like the air horns and the vibe and the intros are always fire. And then it's like, you could put two reggae artists on the same song and it's never going to sound the same. That's when it hit me like, yo, all of these different reggae artists took the same beat and did something completely different than the one right before them. You know what I mean? That's, that's skill. And then it's like, that's when it told me like, that's from a very early age. That's what like, it taught me that like, yo, like there's no rules when it comes to creating again, pay your taxes, don't kill nobody. But like, as far as making music, if you can just make anything sound good, you should make anything, period, right? So it's like, I'm going to make a folk rap album. I'm going to make a R&B album. I'm going to make every type of album that I want to only because all the artists that I grew up listening to, again, Elephant Man, Sean Paul. Sean Paul sings and raps, but also Sean Paul just makes Sean Paul song. Like, you know what I mean? Like, does he yeah. sing or does he rap? It's his It's his it's, music. Like. You know, know what, what you're it's saying. a vibe. Yeah. It's just a vibe. You know what I mean? It's like he doesn't rap or sing. He just performs, if that makes sense. Like, I feel the same way listening to Sean Paul, the same way I felt when I saw him at the Labor Day parade when I was young as shit. I was like, that man is fucking dope. And I was like, I recognize that voice. Oh my God, that's him. It was like, yo, like, it's the same live. Like, if you can make a song feel the same as when someone's performing it live, you don't need to do anything else as an artist. You've done your job. And it's then your only job left is to promote it, obviously, and put it out. Bro, okay. every song I've put out on a Monday, sorry to get off the tangents, but like... No, you good, you good. But like, deadass, every song I've put out, I've made the, the Monday. So... Sometime... <laughs> like, the Monday thing. Well, why Monday? And like, where did you get that from? So first off, it's Mondays with Mono- Cone Monolo. It's just like, because it, it's like the Good Fridays. Remember when Kanye West was just doing Good Fridays every yeah. Friday until My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy? And then I think Fargo Fridays, I think that was, or Fargo Tuesdays. I think that's, Tory Lanez did it too. A lot Russ of artists did it. Have done it, yeah. A lot of artists do it. But then it's kind of like, yo, like, no one releases music on a Monday. Everyone either releases on the Tuesday or the Friday. That's and why everyone- I found it random when you picked Mondays. I was like, you know why I ran- with it, but that's so random. And it fits you so well because it's just different. It's different. But now think about it. Now that I said I'm going to release a song every Monday, there's going to be people who look for my songs on a Monday. You have something to, like, first off, Mondays are the worst day of the week because you have to go back to work, all this bullshit, the weekend's over. But you have my songs to look forward to now, right? Yeah. Fact. Nah, big fact. And I'm I'm going to bless you with a vibe. Fact. And it's like, and it's free. Fact. And it's like, I'm only trying to do good with music, if that makes sense. But like, that's only because all the artists that I grew up admiring, Kanye West, 50 Cent, Ludacris, like all of these rappers, like I never stuck to just New York. I always wanted to know why Nelly is important. And then I would listen to all of the lunatics. I wanted to know why Ludacris is such a big deal. I would listen to all of Disturbing the Beast, DTP. 
I loved Outcast, and I was like, well, wait, they always work with the same people. Boom, I discovered Dungeon Family, and then I listened to all the Dungeon Family, CeeLo, Goody Mob, all those, like, music, I always use it as some sort of, like, passageway, gateway to, like, a bigger world than Brooklyn, if that makes sense. Because it was like, all of these rappers, when you really think about it, rap about the same shit, but it just sounds so different and always good. Like, there's, I might get some heat, but, like, Future and Ghostface Killer rap about the same shit. Drugs, women, misogynizing women, guns, and how fly their shit is. Because guess what? They made it in life to the point where they can get they can get that shit off. And when they didn't have it, they manifested the shit that they wanted in the raps. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, but like, go listen to Supreme Clientele and then listen to DS2 and tell me it's not the same album. <laughs> it sounds really different, but like, it's all, it's all like, it's like, it's not the American dream, but it's like, you want to get out to the, you want to get out the hood. I'm trying to find my version of that. What is my Supreme clientele? What is my DS2? What is my So Far Gone? What is my Friday Night Lights? I think I have it. What's my reasonable doubt? I know I have my reasonable doubt, but then it's like, how do I make it so that people care to listen to it? So I guess that's where I'll leave that question. But for the most part, I just grew up loving reggae and dancehall first, and then Kanye West second. Okay, Kanye was like, Kanye yeah. was that that tipping point that was just like, yo, this guy is something else. Um, but we'll go back like when you were saying somebody hit you up and be like, yo, just make this type of music. I feel like artists get get a lot of backlash when they try to experiment and try new types of music, like maybe a new uh way to sing a song or a different flow that they're trying to use. And fans just don't like that. They just want to listen to that one thing. And I feel like that's kind of messed up to just think that one artist is gonna do one thing. And you That's gotta a big let them, fact. Big big fact. You gotta let them try and experiment because you're a fan already, but they're trying to get new fans. And maybe if a new fan hears that, they're like, "Oh, let me check this guy out." And when mm-hmm. they start listening mm-hmm. to the old music, yep. oh wow, this is actually good. Fact. And I'm about to I'm about to fuck your head up. Ready? Are they still a fan if they have an expectation? Think about that, right? Because a fan is someone who just loves music in general. Are you? A fan of the artist, or do you are you a fan of the one song? Think about that, right? You want me to become like an Amazon of music. You want me to only make the same product over and over and over. You want me to become a literal factory of a music maker. You only want me to make the one song over and over. Are you a fan, or are you just a consumer? Wow, I never thought about it like that. Bro, that, that's usually, now up. that you say that, that's usually the case. They're usually a fan of that song. And then it's like, why, why don't you make that song again, like, why won't you make something rounded around that? You know what I mean? Think about that. There's fans that become so obsessed with a song, not just the artist, that they want the artist to not only not do new shit, they want the artist to make the same song 10 to 20 to 30 to 40 to 50 different times to the point where it's either a bad song because it's too much of the same or it's a good song, but they want more of it. Like, there's no in-between. That's crazy, right? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, that's wild. That's insane. That's nuts to me. No, yeah, like, I never you, even thought about that. Like, like now you like, then, got me thinking. Yeah, now I'm about to interview you. But, like, <laughs> I got you asking questions now. But, like, the thing is, it's like, the one thing I always loved about my mind is that I was able to answer the questions that I always asked myself. And it was, what type of artist do I want to be? I'm still figuring it out. But I'm gonna let you know right now. Every Monday is going to sound different from the last one. And I've I've seen the transitions that are already happening. Yeah, and then it's like one of those things where it's like people don't give the fan enough credit. They don't think fans can want different types of music, because what happens is the fan loves the one song, but it's not so much the artist. If you can get your fan to be invested in you as a person, the music will always be there. But it's like you want your fan to be more than a fan. I don't want fans. I want friends. Like, I don't need a fan. Like, that's weird. Like, I don't want you to be my fan. I just want to be, like, able to, like, just chill with somebody and just not be weird about it. You know what I mean? Nah, yeah, I feel you on that. So I was like, I'm not fucking, I'm not famous. I'm like, I'm just, I'm just literally, I'm just a nigga who makes rap songs in his fucking bedroom. Like, I'm just a bedroom rapper at this point. <laughs> and singer. I got rapper. some shit. I got a couple songs that I'm singing and shit. I might just throw that shit on next Monday. Fuck it. Yo, do it, bro. Yeah, but like, yeah, like I'm gonna let you get back to the questions. I'm sorry, I be going on some weird nah, Kanye level rants, but it's, nah, yo, this is great, man. This is great content. Also, I'm learning during this interview. 
Yeah, bro. I'm about to. Yeah, we about to. We about to scheme up some shit after this. But like, we gonna keep that off air. <laughs> nah, fast, fast. We good. We good. All right. Yeah. Um. So, what got you into saying like, yo, I wanna like you talked about when you started producing and your friend like showed you the website and you started looking at it. What made you say, wow, I could really do this? Um. Easy. So I started doing it the summer after I was at St. Bernard's, and it's all I did. I didn't sleep. For like three to four, there'd be three to four days a week when I just wouldn't sleep. I'd probably take like an hour nap and wake back up and keep making beats, keep making beats. And essentially, I didn't know it at the time, but like I was just trying to do the five beats a day for three summer shit that Kanye West rapped about in College Dropout. But like it was 10 beats a day and it was, I'm gonna make a beat for Rick Ross. I'm gonna make a beat for this rapper. I'm gonna make a beat for that rapper. Oh, how did Jay Dilla do that with hi hats? How did he do that with a sample? I'm gonna learn that. How do you do this? How do you route things? How do you like? I became so involved with learning the engineering side on top of the actual creating of it that I just, it was all I did that summer. And I got a little nice little summer job moving some boxes at school off the books, but it was like, so you mean to tell me all I have to do is just chill at home, make beats, and I can still make money if I get a job? That's great. Like, bro, you can think about what just happened to this 14-year-old kid. I was <laughs> making beats all day. I, was, I, didn't, I wasn't trying to go to no summer camp. I wasn't trying to get no summer job. But then one of my homies' moms who works in the school, who used to work in the school as a receptionist, I'm not too sure if she's still there. Shout out to Jared Rogers. Uh-uh. His mom was like the receptionist. She was like, hey, Manny, like, do you and some of your friends want to like make some money this summer? I was like, yeah. And then she just like kept, had us come through like a few days to just move some boxes, some books and stuff throughout the school. Boom, I had some pocket money. And then I'm yep. 100% sure I just like spent that shit. <laughs> I just like food, Yu-Gi-Oh cards, whatever the fuck I wanted. I just bought that shit immediately. But that was, that's crazy that you got to, you got that mindset that you were like, wow, I could really work and then just come home and make beats. Like I have my money, but also I get to make these beats. And yeah, and then it didn't. And then the thing was, I didn't know it at the time, but my brain was trying to formulate how could I turn these beats into money, right? So it was kind of like, I'm trying to monetize art, but then it's like, I didn't want to make music just to make money. And it was kind of like, I wanted to fall in love with the journey. I wanted to learn to love something, but then it was kind of, you can't learn to love anything. So then that's when like your beats sound trash to you. That's when some things just don't sound good. And then that's when you ask too much of music. You know what I mean? It's like, music does not owe you fucking shit. You owe music everything because music was there when you were sad. Music was there when you was happy and it provided the vibe. Music was there when like your homie was on some bullshit, but then you got his back and then you want to play music in the background or like ease the vibe. Like music is there for you so much more than you are for music. So now my mindset from that age until now, it's not so much what could I do for music. It kind of, it's not, oh, sorry. It's not that what music could do for me and how can I monetize music? What can I provide to the culture? What can I give back to music? Because it's the same thing as like when you get put on, it's like you want to, like one of my goals with music, is I'm trying to give out sustainably raised, caged, free, free range turkeys in Brownsville. I'm trying to give out organic shit at Thanksgiving to the hood. I'm trying to give back. It's so crazy that that's not normal. You know what I mean? Like people see that and they're like, wow, that's so ambitious. And then some people are like, yeah, that will never work. Like think about it. People would rather say, don't pursue a dream because it's unfeasible than try to tell you how to do it. That's what's normal now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. fuck that. I'm going to make my money and make beats until my music makes me money. And then I'm going to use my money to pay it forward for the next Manny so he doesn't feel like he has to drink and smoke weed. He can just come through to this community center I'm about to build in the next 20 to 30 years and then just take after school classes. Because think about it. What if I found the next me, right? Because first off, I know I'm going to hit a billion dollars before 50. I already see it. If not, maybe 60, but I'm going to hit a billion dollars and I'm going to do so ethically. I see that in the future for you. No, no question. And the thing is, you have to talk like that and believe in yourself that much. And if you fall short, I'm cool with a couple hundred million. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and imagine if I can find the next me and put him on. Jay-Z found J. Cole. Jay-Z found Kanye West. Like, think about that. Jay-Z used to sell drugs and shot his brother and is now worth a billion dollars. That's an anomaly and that's an exception. But what if it's not an exception and you can just learn from that? I grew up idolizing this man and I saw all the moves that he did and I learned from them. Imagine if he had a Jay-Z to admire and look at. 
Imagine how much sooner he would have gotten to a billion dollars, right? Think Definitely. about that. Definitely. So like that's been my mindset since 14. It was kind of like music is what I love or learning to love. It's frustrating. I hate what I create, but it's never I hate music. Music is what I need to learn. It's like a language. You know what I mean? You can't say you hate music because if you hate music, you are literally not a human being. Name one person you know who hates music. Right? I don't everybody, think I can name anybody. Everybody loves music because music is always there for you no matter what. So it's not so much about what music can do for you. What are you willing to do and put back into the culture? If you're not willing to be great, work on it every day, make your money on the side until your music can make you money, don't be a part of the culture because you're not built for it. If you're not built for the culture, if you're not built for taking criticism, if you don't like the idea of someone shitting on your music, don't even bother touching an NPC. Don't even bother looking at a keyboard. Go back and learn to love yourself first. Because if you don't have it in you to keep it going when nothing is going on, like now, you don't have it in you to make that billion dollars, period. And it's and you also got to have thick skin when you create music because yeah. everybody's a critic. When Actually, when you're doing anything, you got to have thick skin because everybody wants to tell you how to fix it, how you could do better, what's wrong with it how they would do it, even though they have no idea what they're doing. Everybody always has an opinion. Everybody has an asshole and an opinion. That's that's it. But it's like, bro, like, what did I say in the fucking, the Wu-Tang freestyle I just dropped last Monday? It was, Yo, that said, was... first off, that was fire. And then, but look, I'm going to tell you the bars that I wrote. Actually, no, because I didn't write all of them. I wrote freestyle some, and then I would try to finish it. And then I was like, fuck it. I'm out of ideas. Freestyle a couple more lines right to it. It's weird how I freestyle, but it's fucking fire. I got to show you this shit one day. But like I said, peanuts to an elephant, niggas soft in the gelatin. All you niggas got me sick. All you bozos got me sick. I need me some medicine. Husky been choked out before words. Thick skin. Husky built different. All you niggas lack the discipline. Bro, that's a bar first off. But it's like, I'm trying to tell people, look, yo, like it's not as hard as you think. You just have to have thick skin. Like you said, and Sometimes people are built different, but that's not to say people who aren't built different can't be successful. You just have to train your mind to think in terms of, yes, the only time you should think you can't do something is when someone tells you you should not do it because it's illegal. Don't do anything illegal because it's illegal. You can do everything else. No one said you can't take unemployment checks because now everybody's taking unemployment checks, right? Imagine if no one felt bad and we all just were taking unemployment checks because the money's there. Imagine how much money you would have for your podcast, how much money I would have to go towards music. And then I would get like, my goal is to use as many systems in place as possible to better myself and then give back to the community. Ethically, obviously. And that shows how different your mindset is that your goal, like most people goals are, yo, I'm going to get famous. I'm going to make this money. I'm going to buy a house. I'm going to buy crazy cars. And your thing is, yo, I'm going to build a community center. I'm giving back. I want to give turkeys out for Thanksgiving. It just, just shows how different your mindset is from everybody else. And then the thing is, it's like, I know I'm different from everyone else, but also I'm still just a human motherfucking being. Like, I'm not a god. Like, I'm just Manolo Husky, Hotep Husky god. Like, I'm just me. Like, I'm just me with a different name. But, like, people have already started treating me differently. And I'm like, yo, like, you know, we, we, like, know each other. Like, I'm not, like, the, I'm not a celebrity. Like, I'm not famous. I'm just making rap songs. And trying to monetize them so I can give back to my community. Like, granted, it'll be nice if I could like afford a nice house, but I'm not trying to buy a mansion. Like, my way of thinking is like, all right, I had Jay Z's path laid out in front of me. I learned from it, listened to all the blueprints, listened to all his music, study his life, study Kanye West. And then it's like, all right, I make my own beats, I know how to mix my own songs, I write my own raps. And then it's like, I learned what to do. But then again, you have to learn what not to do, but you can't tell yourself you can't do it. You just have to know how to maneuver it. I know not to go out to Calabasas because as soon as I go out to Calabasas is when you start wilding. Think about all the artists who move out to LA in general and then they just start wilding out, bro, right? Nothing good happens in Los Angeles, period. I'm not going to California for more than maybe a couple months. I'm not going to live out there for years because that's not the wave. I'm just trying to make my money, get back to my community, and I'm trying to find a nice home in Westchester, New York with my library mommy, Uh uh-uh, shout out Sophie, held me down for a while. And it's like, yo, I'm just trying to have beautiful mixed kids, raise them to be responsible adults, and then make my music, right? And then who knows? Maybe I don't even end up making that much music. Maybe I pivot. Maybe I end up making like video games and shit, bro. Because it's like, no one you told you. Know you- 
everything's open. You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing that you're set to. And the thing is, it's like, I get looked at crazy. Not even. The only person who's ever doubted me was me. Every time I brought up how I made beats and rapped, everyone said, that's dope. Keep going. There's been times when I met people who are like, you're not doing enough. And then it's like, damn, he's right. And then in my head, I was like, so you should do more. It's never like, oh, I shouldn't try at all. But then at the same time, the people who used to tell me you should be doing more, the fuck are they doing, right? Who are you to tell me what to do and you not even get in the bag? Don't tell me how to get my bag if you're not even trying to secure secure your own bag. There's a lot of people who want to tell you what to do or how to do it, but they can't do it themselves. Talk is cheap. Money walks bullshit talks. Show me the money. Show me how you're doing it. Show me how you're making moves. I would listen to you. What is it? 50 Cent said it in this one interview. 50 Cent also is one of those people who he's tapped in. He's very smart. Nobody gives him enough credit. And when he's gone, we're going to be like, yo, he's a mass. Like he's a, he's a genius. Like he's smarter than people want to give him credit. My man said, somebody could pull up the smartest man in the world, Hoopty, next to your car, telling you to roll your window down. You're not going to listen to this dude. He's not, has nothing important to say. Next week, if the same dude is in a Lamborghini, he tells you to roll your window down, you're going to want to roll your window down because you feel like he has something of value to say because he looks the part. I don't care if you look the part or not. I'm going to listen to you and I'm going to learn from you. But it's like, if you're not about to listen to me until I'm quote unquote put on or quote unquote made it, you're not a fan. You're a consumer. You just want to be seen. I feel you. And you can join the Husky bandwagon. Like I'm accepting everybody. Everybody's Husky told me like, I'm like, that's my hive. Husky homies. Fuck it. Husky <laughs> hive. Like you can listen to my music and expect it to be good. But like, if you come in, to one song, don't expect every song to sound the same. If that's the vibe you're looking for, I can do it in EPs, four to five songs of the same vibe. But like, if you are expecting, if you ever are on like Reddit or forum saying, dang, I love it when he made this song, but not this song, you're not a fan. You don't care about music, don't come to my shows. But even then, you can still come to my shows. Maybe I might convince you. Who knows? Decide for yourself. You're not a robot. Well, that, well, we could talk about how artists. <laughs> do that one song and like like we'll talk about J. Cole when he made that one radio track workout and everybody criticized him for it. I love workout. Like, I love workout. At first I kind of didn't mess with it because I, I don't know why I just it wasn't well that's the thing. It's not a J. Cole song, it's a J. Cole radio song. He made a yeah. song for radio. People expected him to make a different type of song for radio. No, that song is very much on brand with what radio sounded like at the time. Why people didn't give him the credit for it being a fucking bop at the time confused me. The fact that, and then this is what really pissed me off, not to say that Nas was in the wrong, but imagine one of your heroes telling you they're disappointed in you. That's a lot of a burden. That's basically what I had to deal with in middle school with all these tests and shit. Like, imagine someone you looked up to listening to one of your podcasts just saying, yo, this ain't it. Are you going to tell me how to do a better podcast? Because if you're not, why are you even telling me this is a bad podcast? If you're going to tell me this song sucks, at least show me how to write a better song, right? Or show That's me why I, I could have done better. Why I, exactly. Because like I never understood the idea of a hater. Because you just hate something, but then it's like, you're so problem-oriented, you're not about to tell me how to make it sound better. Because you don't know how to do it. And then it brings me back to the point, why the fuck do I need your validation if you don't even know how to make music, my 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 guy? Like, that's the type of energy I'm on. If you are not an expert in the field of music, I'm not going to listen to you. If you make songs, I'm going to take notes from you. But if you're not making songs that are better than mine, I don't have to listen to you. And that's not even me being confident. That's just me being in the field. Like, someone who works in business isn't going to go to Burger King and ask someone for financial advice who works on behind the register, right? That's ass backwards. Why am I going to listen to homie who has only four songs on SoundCloud and they all sound the same saying, make the same song, whereas I could do that and I could do your song better than you, but I don't want to because that's not what music's about, Joel. Joel, do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? I'm yo, I'm hearing you, bro. I'm hearing you. That's, that's like, what I'm saying. I'm, I'm not going to tell you, yo, Manny, this song you just put out Monday, it was cool. It was cool, but maybe you should do this, this, and that. You know what's crazy? What gives me the right to do that? I don't make music. I'm not a producer. I don't, and I don't rap. Mm. What do I have? No, no, no. Here's what's up? The only thing I have to say to let you, sorry to cut you off, but like, here's yeah. why I would listen to you though. And here's why you understand that cap. What is it? 
Capital punishment is a classic to you. That one fact about you, Joel, shows me you understand what good rap music is. You understand what it means to not follow anyone else's top 50, top five, dead or alive, whatever. Like, that's a good project, period. I you understanding one of the that? Best. It's one, of, it is, it is one of the best. And the thing is, you can say that. And I know you saying that lets me know you have enough of a voice to form your own opinion. So that means you've cultivated your own thoughts to the point where you can recognize good versus music that could still use work, period. Or I guess we could use the words good and bad. But the thing is, good and bad is just a spectrum. It's not black and white. You know that, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah. A lot of people don't. And again, that's another conversation we can have off air. But like nuance is just gone, bro. Like the craziest shit that I've seen coming back on social media, bro. Like you can't have a discussion with somebody without somebody getting mad. That's nuts. When did yeah. that become a normal thing? Because I haven't been online since like 2015. People are easy to trigger nowadays. It's it's just it, you could you could get somebody angry just saying one opinion that they don't agree with. And there it goes. There, there's the argument. That's nuts. It's like that episode of Kirby Enthusiasm when uh, homie Larry David put on the MAGA hat so nobody would talk to him. No. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> not a bad idea, right? <laughs> but like, and then it's like Kanye West did it in real life and look what happened. Maybe he legitimately didn't want people to talk to or fuck with him. He's like, leave me alone. I'm in album mode. I'm going to put on the hat. Hey. And then it's like everyone lost their fucking mind. And then... First off, I don't agree with MAGA at all. That shit is, they be wilding sometimes. But then it's like alt-right people just be wilding. And like, that's fascism. That's literal Nazi shit. But like, you have to understand people believe in it. And like, you just have to move on. It's like, all right, y'all doing that on that side. Y'all stay on that side of the spectrum. I'm going to be right here, middle left. I'm a little slight liberal. Like, let me chill. Let me cook. But even then, the left is looking crazy now. (laughs) This man, Joe Biden. Both sides be wilding, bro. You know, yeah, let's not even get into politics right now. But like the point is, it's like, bro, like everything is a spectrum. If you are on an extreme sides of the spectrum, you are what's known as an extremist. I'm gonna make music for y'all. But like, if you get mad that I'm gonna call you an extremist to your face or online, you don't need to be at the show. Maybe you need to chill. Maybe you need to, or maybe you do need to come to the show. I'm not about to have mosh pits. We about to have some sage circles, burn some sage in between songs and chill <laughs> vibe from our crystals out on the stage. It's about to be a vibe, bro. Like, that's the type of shows I want to do. But it's like, it's like, I, it's just like, there's just things where, like, not everything has to be politicized. Not everything has to be a thing. Let me just make my music. Don't ask me about no politics because I'm not about to, if I bring it up, I want to talk about it. But like, even then, it's like, what's the point? Because it's the same shit on both sides. And it's like, it's just one of those things where it's like, I'm going to vote. I'm going to know who to vote for it when I do my research. And then even then, like, people just don't do the research because they don't care about knowing, bro. Who said it was okay only to watch one news station? I never understood that. I feel like, like you should watch both to get perspective from both sides. That's what like that's that's what my dad used to tell me. That's what my parents brought me up. It was like you need both sides to come to a conclusion. It's like because then it's like if you don't if you aren't willing to step out of the echo chamber, how are you supposed to know what the other side is trying to bring to the table? How is there compromise if you're not even willing to be civilized? That's a bar. I might put that in a song. Yeah. Nah, anyway, but yeah. <laughs> That's where we at right now. So let me bring this up now that we're talking. It's been a big topic of the breakdown, like the separation between the person and the artist. How do you feel yeah. about that? Oh. Like, do you can you separate an artist and a person? Like Kanye, when he came out with the MAGA hat, were you able to, like, when people canceled him, all oh, that said, I'm not listening to Kanye anymore. Were you able to separate the person from the artist? Yes and no. No at first. And here's why. I was around people... Who want who were quick to cancel him? I was listening to podcasts of people who wanted to cancel him, and then deep down, I always had a thought, and it was, "Here's this guy who I always looked up to my entire life. Here's my literal hero that I've wanted to become. Everyone hates him, but everything he's done in his life has been for the betterment, if not for Chicago, for himself and for his family. He's never done anything when I thought." damn, he really doesn't give a fuck about nobody else. He's really just trying to like be his, like, the thing is, what I, I had to ask myself was, did Kanye West ever do anything to hurt me personally? No. Did he ever do anything to personally hurt anyone? Period. As far as I know, no. There's rumors, there's stories, there's things online, but then it's like, as far as I know, Kanye West has never done anything out of his right mind to do anything fucked up. But then it's like, but he likes someone you don't agree with. 
What does that mean for you and supporting him? And then that's what I struggled with. It was like, all right, here's one thing about my hero that I don't necessarily agree with, but that doesn't undo all the fucking slaps that he made before that, right? Yeah. And then it's like one of those things where it's like, I didn't really like Jesus is King. There's people who love it, right? There's people, there's someone out there who says that album is my album because it did do numbers and it's still doing numbers, right? I think, I think it was a, it was an okay album. It was a good album. It's not I, a top album from him, but nah. it's not a bad album from him. But I'll give you a straight answer about Jesus is King before I get back to the music and the art. It wasn't, okay, I'll tell you what it was. It was a good Christian rap album. It needed more Jesus Walks. Yeah, I can agree needed, with that. I think if he had Rhymefest and other writers with him, I think the songs would have sounded much more fleshed out. The third track, Follow God, is the one where he's rapping about his dad. I think so, yeah. Fresh, like, tell me what your life like. Da, da, da. Yeah. That's a pop. Like, that's a radio song, and he made that knowing it was for radio. No curses. It's about God. It's a bop. If he made more songs like that, that would have been a good album. But then that's just the consumer in me trying to say if he had more of X, Y, Z, then he would have had a better album. So then it's like, am I just becoming the music critic I dislike, right? Yeah. And then, but I will say it's a good album and it's a cohesive album, start to finish. And it makes sense for where he is in his life. As long as he's trying to better his life, better his family's life, and better the community around him, I'm not mad at Kanye West. Put on the MAGA hat. It's going to bother me. And he's it's going to look weird to me. But it's like, all right, I'll get used to it. And eventually, fuck it. But also, it's like when he said George Bush didn't care about black people and he stole that mic from Taylor Swift, the culture loved it, right? Yeah. We were all for that. But the moment he said something we didn't agree with, we all turned on him. Is that weird? Is that normal? Or is, it is like, weird. It's the it's that it's everybody like has the same. Mind. What's up? It's like a hive mind where it's like we yeah. all have to hate it or we all have to love it. It's weird. Yeah, I I don't know what it is with the. I think it's the way that our generation thinks. To be honest, that no, 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 no. I think up? it's cross gener. I think it's every. Think? I think it's everyone. I don't know, man. I'm. It, I mean, I'm not doubting it that it could be cross generational. You know what I mean? I've just well, never seen it. I've just seen it at yeah, uh, you're right, you're right, at, you're right. at the top, like our generation that is just so quick that one thing and that's it, yo, you're canceled. You know what well, I mean? Well, I remember well, I remember when I was younger, I forgot what term it was, but James Brown went to go meet George Bush in the White House. Oh yes, yes. And like people were mad about that. And it's like, yo, like maybe he's just trying to represent his people. And with that, I would like to conclude our part one episode with Manolo Husky. Thank you again, Manolo, for actually taking time out of your busy schedule and giving us some time to just sit down and have a conversation with you. Again, go support Manolo. This is part one. Part two will be coming very soon as we take a deeper dive into his music career because we have just touched the surface, people. This is the even halfway through listen Manolo is such an interesting guy he can go on and on for days and I love it because he's giving us a look into his life and this is wonderful but due to time restraint I don't want to run too long so here's part one part two will be coming very soon go support his music again and again I didn't even bring this up but he did make the intro music and outro music for the podcast so thank you again Manolo for that made this far thank you again I really appreciate it I love you guys stay safe during these times